The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. This is High Tech. Uh, greetings and welcome to uh, Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard, and with me today is Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest today is Kim Alexander of the California Voter Foundation. Hello. <laughs> We're all doing this remotely again, as we've done the last couple of podcasts. So you may hear some fits and starts from me and some strange static out there, but hopefully we can resolve all that. But we want to talk to Kim today um, to talk about the November election and what uh, looks like an all-male M-A-I-L election, what, what that'll mean, what, what, we are, what we're expecting to happen, uh, do we face any particular organizational problems, that kind of thing. We're so used to voting by mail in California now, uh, two-thirds of us were in uh, vote by mail in 2018, so I'm just in the general election, so I'm just wondering, are we already mostly there, do we just need to do a little tweaking, or do we have a big challenge facing us? Well, we do have, you know, widespread use of vote by mail in California. Currently, um, in the March primary, we saw 75% of the state's voters receive vote by mail ballots. A lot of voters do count on returning those ballots in person. So I think we're going to see more drop off locations and drop boxes available for voters. Um, You know, but it's still a big lift to go to 100%. And, you know, the polling places and vote centers operate as a fail safe, even in counties that are already sending everybody a ballot, such as the Voters Choice Act counties like my own Sacramento, you know, people have have lots of challenges in California with vote by mail ballots, sometimes they don't connect with them, or they lose them, or they make a mistake on them when they fill them out, they need a new one, or they want a ballot in a different language. So all these challenges are going to be really um, big hurdles for election administrators to overcome in this scenario of sending everybody a ballot. And I think there's, at this point in the elections community, really widespread consensus that we should plan to send every registered voter a ballot. The big question is, what do we do beyond that? What kind of in-person voting opportunities can we plan to provide? And the counties need to make those plans now. They they plan elections actually years in advance. And, and so we're getting very close to the point where they do have to start making their plans for locations and and for staff and, and recruiting poll workers. And there's a big fear that they're not going to be able to find enough locations and and support in the term of in the form of poll workers to be able to stand up all the sites that voters would like to have. When you when you vote by mail um, at the other end, at the tabulation end, the counting end, what's involved there? Is it just people opening envelopes? <laughs> Is it a electronic scanning? How's that work? That's a great question. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know what's going on behind the scenes with vote by mail. I've spent the last, gosh, almost uh, 10 years or so working on this issue and trying to improve the vote by mail process in California. So I have gotten to know a lot about the administration of it in that time. And one thing that voters should know is that every ballot that is cast as a vote by mail ballot, first of all, doesn't have to go through the mail. It's fine to return it in person. We still call them vote by mail ballots. So that can be a little confusing 
for some voters sometimes. Um, but all those ballots, uh, anything that comes in an envelope has to bear the voter's signature. And that signature uh, is compared to the voter's signature on file, which is the signature provided at the time a voter registered to vote. So election officials, especially in larger counties, have elaborate uh, equipment that they use to uh, sort ballots. They put them through a machine that that will automate the the sorting process, the um, envelope opening process. They will the machine. They'll use a machine that will scan the image of the signature, and then the election staff in Sacramento use computer images of those scanned signatures and the voter signature on file to compare that that envelope signature. Um, some counties use software to do the signature comparison, others don't. So there's some variation there. But either way, every ballot that is cast as a vote by mail ballot must bear a voter signature that needs to sufficiently match the voter signature on file. And if it's, I was just wondering, if it's not signed then, if the if the ballot isn't signed then, does it get returned to the address? Or is that the end of the road for that ballot? It wasn't signed and so it uh, goes in the pooper. <laughs> well, that was that's a great question, and that was going to be my next my next point to share is that you know that is where we have seen yeah. a problem with vote by mail ballot rejection in California, where voters forget to sign the envelope, or the signature that they provide doesn't match their signature on file. Now, maybe that's because they signed a long time ago, or their signature has changed, or maybe someone else in their family signed their envelope thinking that would be helpful. But it used to be the case that counties were not required to notify voters when their signatures didn't match or they forgot to sign. And now, thankfully, we have state laws that require all counties to contact voters when their signatures don't match or they're not they're not on the envelope and give them an opportunity to provide a ballot signature so their ballot can be counted instead of rejected. You know, it sounds like um, the voting precinct, the old-fashioned voting precinct that was sometimes in your neighborhood and with your, you know, in your neighbor's garage and you walked around the corner on election day and it was identified with a flag in front and you walked in and did your thing and then left. It sounds like those are like not coming back in the near future. They're slowly not so slowly. They're they're being um, replaced. They're being eliminated. But I miss the voting precinct. Is you know? Is there any hope for me? People like me, voters <laughs> well, like me, are they going to ever? John, come there's back? no they... hope for you. <laughs> <laughs> there's hope for you, John. But, you know the um, the experience voters have in California really varies from county to county. We have 15 counties doing what your own county, my own county, and Tim's county is doing. Sacramento, which is the Voters Choice Act, where that's correct. We no longer have our neighborhood polling places. We have vote centers and there are fewer of them, but they're open more days and they're available to be used countywide. So there's some trade-offs there. Um, in this in this current election season we're coming into, you know, those 15 counties are a, a small fraction of the overall 58 counties, but they are home to half the state's registered voters. So that's a big, you know, half, half of the state's voters are living in counties that are doing that model. The other half still are voting in, you know, churches and neighborhood garages and and those kinds of locations that that are precinct based. So there are plenty of Californians that are still having that in-person local election day voting experience. I think that the challenge for November is to make sure that um, people aren't left behind and that we can provide options for people to vote in person if and where needed that are safe for both uh, the voters and the election officials. But I think we're going to really want to encourage as much use of those vote-by-mail ballots as possible. Is there any difference in how long it takes to count the ballots 
It seems like we're always, you know, waiting days, if not weeks, to find the results. Does it make a difference if we're voting by mail or we're voting in person? Or Yes, it, make, it makes out? a huge okay. difference. Um, you know, when we vote at a polling place, the way it works in California is you fill out, you know, paper ballot. It's typically scanned right there on the spot and tabulated right there at the polling place. And at the end of the night, those results are are taken out of the machine and a cartridge and ported into the county's voting system uh, tabulation uh, computer, and those votes are counted immediately. Um, so as we have more and more ballots coming in in envelopes as vote-by-mail ballots, the processing of those takes a lot longer. Not only do they all have to be opened and every signature verified, but you also have issues where sometimes the ballots are torn or, or something's been spilled on them and they have to be remade. Um, you see a lot of that going on in county election offices where ballots are duplicated. And it, it is more time intensive. And then you have this issue of of um, ballot signatures needing to be cured, which we talked about. And you also have these late ballots that come in. We have a three-day grace period where even when the election's over, the ballots are still arriving. And it's likely we're going to extend that grace period for November. Um, so the 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 fact that more and more ballots are being cast as vote by mail ballots is the leading reason why it is taking longer to certify our election results. Is that is that a three day grace period? Does that apply to postmarked ballots, ballots that went through the mail? Yes. Or does it apply like if I show up the next day at my voting center <laughs> I'm a day late? You know, does, would would they still process my ballot, or I have a problem with that. You're out of luck if you show up at a voting center the day after the election. <laughs> and people thought. do, I mean, there have been instances where people have, you know, shoved their ballots underneath library doors and, and other voting locations and the, the staff wake up the next, you know, go in the next morning and find all these ballots that can't be counted. So, I mean, that, that has happened. Um, but uh, basically, the the top reason why ballots get rejected and about one out of every 100 vote by mail ballots cast in California does get rejected. And the, the top reason Wait, why is whoa, because that's a they, huge number. Yeah, I know it is a huge number. That's why we've been working on this issue for so many years at CVF, because it's um, it is a huge number. And some people think like, well, it's 99 percent. But, you know, with the voting system, it should be 100 percent. So is that because the signatures aren't there or maybe they voted for too many people on the same you know, they voted more than once or something, or are there the reason they're rejected? Are they what is the most common reason they're thrown out? It's because they arrived too late. Um, and the ones that, and, oh, and we're doing a, a study right now in Sacramento County and a couple other counties looking at rejected ballots and trying to come up with recommendations for how to reduce the number of rejected ballots and improve the, the vote by mail process. And we've worked a lot at CVF on the signature cure where we've made a lot of progress. Um, but we're still seeing this this late ballot problem. And I recently looked at the all of the late ballots from the November 2018 election and a, and a group of the late ballots from this past election. And what I've been finding is that the ballots that are rejected for being too late, at least in Sacramento County, are rejected because they're postmarked too late. It's not because they're arriving too late. It's because they're postmarked the day after the election or two days after the election. And I think the problem is that voters are putting them in mailboxes or at post offices that have already where the mail's already been picked up, you know, and there's this disconnect where voters think it's like, you know, a midnight deadline or something. And it's not it's 8pm and uh, for receiving the ballots. And it's, you know, 5pm if you're at a post office, and it's 1pm if you're at a mailbox with a 1pm pickup time. And a lot of people aren't familiar with 
using the mail or these kinds of, you know, differences in different locations where you you mail ballots from. So, you know, I think that's a really big challenge we need to overcome. And one of the things that CVF has been encouraging election officials and voter advocates to talk to think about is uh, setting up ballot drop off locations on election night at post offices so that when people show up, rather than putting their box, their mail in the the wrong box, they put it in the ballot box. And I would almost feel like there will be some value in just printing out a generic poster and putting it up in every post office location saying yeah. this has to be at this delivered to this post office by 5 p.m. and putting those up a week before Election Day. Yeah, um, I, and we're looking at that, too. And that's something that, you know, we should be able to ask the USPS if they can help with that. Um, it would be great if we could do that. It's a federal system though and so it's not something that st- the state necessarily has this control over but we're going to we need to get really creative and speaking of USPS I mean that's another thing a lot of people are watching in all this is you know they're having huge financial problems too and so you know we want to make sure as one of my my colleagues said um postal access has now become a, a voting rights issue and so um you know we're going to need to make sure that they have the sufficient funding and staffing that they need to be able to play this vital role for the November election well, and speaking of, so there are some pundits are suggesting that the entire 2020 election should be conducted vote by mail every state. Obviously, that's not a decision to be made by a pundit in Washington, D.C. or New York. But if but something like, would be OK. Yeah, well, if, for sure. Um, <laughs> who knows better than us? Uh, but if that were to happen, what states are you? I mean, I'm assuming you've been following vote by mail in other states. How many states really don't have a significant vote by mail presence? Uh, I believe that it's 17 states that do not allow for what's known as no excuse absentee voting, which means you can ask for a vote by mail ballot or absentee ballot for whatever reason, you know, just as a matter of convenience or it's your preference. And so there's an effort underway in Washington, D.C. to... uh, establish a national requirement that every state provide all voters with the ability to cast a vote by mail ballot if they wish to. So it's not it's not a proposal to require them all to mail everybody a ballot like California is contemplating, but rather a proposal to require all states to provide the option. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I mean, there's it's unfortunately become, like so many things, you know, very politicized issue uh, in Washington, D.C., and and there have been a number of unfortunate comments made about it. Um, so, you know, I'm, I, I, I agree with those who say, you know, we shouldn't be putting voters in this position of choosing between exercising their right to vote and protecting their health. I mean, that is just, you know, not acceptable. And what we saw happen in Wisconsin this, this past election, I mean, that was just horrible. So, you know, I think, a lot, I, I think it, there are a lot of special elections going on right now in California. People are watching those very closely, learning from those. The governor um, issued an executive order a little while back, giving the counties more time to certify the March primary and also establishing these handful of special elections taking place right now in California as all vote by mail ballot elections where in-person voting is encouraged but not required. And so we're seeing a couple of counties, Los Angeles, Riverside, um, and Orange that are right now experimenting with what that looks like. And a lot of advocates are watching it very closely and learning what challenges they're facing when they try to extend some degree of in-person voting in this kind of limited way. Do you know if the mail-in ballots are used uh, 
in a part, I mean, in a, in a partisan sense, are they, are they relatively, do they reflect the other balloting, the in-person balloting, or are there more Dems and Reefs use mail-in balloting, or do you, have you seen any data on that? Um, the data generally indicates that historically, um, voting by mail has been more popular among more stable voters, which tend to be homeowners, people who don't move around very much, people of higher income, um, people who are educated. So it is definitely something viewed more as a tool embraced by, you know, what I would consider to be, you know, people who are on the more elite side of the scale. In terms of partisanship, you know, Republican voters are known to to favor vote by mail and also to get their ballots in early. Um, and the Democratic voters are the ones who are, tend to be younger, Latino, um, first-time voters. And those are the voters that are likely to have the biggest challenges with vote by mail, which is why so many advocacy groups in California are pushing so hard right now to protect in-person voting options. So it's kind of confusing why um, there would be this conservative backlash from some quarters. And it's not, you know, it's not across the board. There are a number of Republican secretaries of state who are saying this is the right solution for us um, and are moving forward with with, uh, with vote by mail plans as well. So, you know, I don't want to leave anyone with the impression that this is that this is, you know, clearly partisan issue. I think it's been a confused issue, quite frankly. Well, and you had mentioned earlier that there have been some unfortunate comments about vote by mail and about things wrong with that. And I know that the president has repeatedly accused California of getting a tremendous number of fraudulent votes counted. And he repeated that assertion at a press conference, I don't know, in the last two weeks or so. And every, all the evidence that we've seen seems, makes that seem like a ludicrous assertion. Have, what kind of numbers do we actually see on voter fraud in California? Um, we have very little evidence of any voter fraud in California. I mean, there are a handful of complaints that get filed every election with the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State investigates those complaints. Um, you know, what I did see in Sacramento in this last March primary were a number of voters that attempted to vote twice. And those were people who uh, had gotten a, a ballot in the mail um, that didn't have presidential candidates on it, you know, sent it in and then realized they they didn't vote for president, requested a second ballot, sent in a second ballot. Um, those second ballots were count were not counted. So, you know, I, I can tell you that that there are there have been attempts by some voters to vote twice. We see that in particularly in, in these crossover presidential primary elections we have that are so confusing. Um but that generally doesn't happen in, in regular elections. Um, and sometimes people honestly forget that they already voted and, and vote a second time at a polling place or at a vote center when they've already sent in their ballot. But that's why it's important for people to understand a, something about what's happening on the back end, that every every you know ballot it's, is checked for signature. Once you voted, it's in the county's um, election management system that you voted. And if you send in another ballot, it's going to get rejected. Um, and if you appear to have done it, you know, with with uh, malicious intent, you will be reported to the county um, DA and or the secretary of state. But when you say this is rare, we're talking probably what is California's 39 million people or something like that. This is probably under 500 incidents an election in the entire oh, state. Oh, way less than like that. that. I mean, I, I mean, less than, you know, I, I, I'd have to look it up. I can't say um but I mean, it's less than 20, it, you know, it was the last time I remember asking anybody. I mean, it's very rare. 
Um, Certainly below the million, I think, that was asserted at one of the press conferences. Well, and, you know, our friend uh, Paul Mitchell, I remember him, you know, when that claim by the president first came out, he said, you know, if we had three million illegal votes cast in California by people who are undocumented, their turnout rate would be higher than the general public's turnout rate. So, you know, it's just so blatantly absurd. Um, and and it's frustrating because it, it really takes away from, you know, the the important election security issues that we do need to pay attention to, you know, post-election audits and verifying the results and, and making sure that voters have confidence in the election. I mean, the, this is, uh, we do a lot well, in that's California. Under, that's really to, undermining the confidence, the confidence voters would have in the election, I would think. It, yeah, it does. And it, it doesn't help. I mean, we, there was also an incident, um, last year where one of the Republican leaders in the, in Congress from California, um, Kevin McCarthy claimed at an event that vote by mail ballot envelope signatures aren't checked. And it was just, you know, completely false. And so, you know, it's not helpful to um, to put out things like that, that that mislead voters and confuse voters and undermine voters confidence. You know, the other disaster that's going on right now is uh, aside from the pandemic is the state budget. Yeah. Uh, which is clearly going to have some major problems. And it is our money that we had planned to spend on election security or election logistics or, uh, you know, infrastructure for the November election that we're not going to be able, that we're not going to be able, that we're not going to have now, we're not going to be able to uh, provide now because of the this huge budget issue. Well, the sad truth of it is, John, that the state doesn't pay money routinely for election administration. The state has put in money in the last couple years for election security, and we're greatly appreciative of that. And the Secretary of State, Alex Padilla's efforts to um, pursue that funding have been tremendously successful. So both uh, our prior governor, Jerry Brown, and our current governor, Gavin Newsom, have earmarked funding in in the current budget and re, and in recent budgets to help shore up uh, election security and help counties upgrade their voting system. So that's already been spent. The good news for counties is that because of this crisis, the state is likely to actually help pay some of the costs of election administration for the first time in like over 10 years. So um so that is a little bit of silver lining for counties that they may actually get funding to help pay for sending everybody ballots in the mail, which currently they're all on their own to pay for. Well, one last question, Kim, is the the money that may come in from the state, is that something the counties have wanted um, traditionally? They wanted it over time? Or is that something that's just sort of a surprise to everybody and it's actually going to be happening? The counties have been asking, and so has the California Voter Foundation, for many years now that the state uh, reinstate an election funding process for the counties. I mean, the, the elections are this giant, unfunded federal and state mandate on local government. And, you know, I think that it's just really appalling that the state has not been paying its fair share of the election costs. So the counties have been asking the state to re to reinstate the the reimbursement process for state mandates, um, you know, when the state passes laws saying you have to do something, counties, the state's supposed to pay for it. They keep passing laws and not paying for it. So this will this will hopefully help make right a little bit of this wrong that we've seen uh, through uh, county government over the last couple of years. I, I hope that there's, you know, $250, 300000000 million added to the state budget to help pay the costs of administering this election because it would really go a long way to help make up some of the lack of funding that counties have 
experienced for a long time. Well, great. Kim, on that happy note, that optimistic note, and we want to thank you very much for uh, joining us today and chatting with us. Tim Foster, thank you very much. Thank you. This was fun. This is John Howard, and we will see you guys next time around. Take care.